Welcome to episode 43, Murmuring, Complaining, and Honest Prayer. Today's episode is going to be about life. Everyone's done it, probably more than we want to admit. Something about complaining and murmuring just comes natural to us. Every time I hear the word murmur, my mind quickly associates the two examples from the Book of Mormon who gave the word its actionable definition. Laman and Lemuel were the quintessential quick to do iniquity but slow to hear the word of God type of members. As a result of their own antics and desire to be king for a day, they seem to have a I would have been happier if attitude that permeate, that permeated everything they did and thought. You know, as I've come upon my own trials, specifically this mental illness, I found myself in similar circumstances, at least from the perspective of murmuring about it. Uh, murmuring comes natural to the natural man, I will admit, having done my share of it. But what is it about murmuring, or what we might like to call complaining, that is so offensive to the celestial senses? Are we not to tell the Lord the desires of our heart and explain the problems in our lives? Should we not be honest with the Lord about our illness and our difficulties when we ask for help? So when do I cross the sand of honest, heartfelt prayer into the cold waters of murmuring? Now, although in my life I have worked significantly to correct my behavior when it comes to my little complaints and my under-the-breath murmurs, I will admit for me, it is very easy to find myself complaining about the effects of my illness. How much more could I do for my immediately immediate church family and my ward if the Lord would release me from this mental illness prison? I have even attempted to frame the issue so that the Lord would have the desire to heal me. How much happier would I be if I didn't have to deal with depression and anxiety? Now, why can't the Lord just let me be happy? Isn't that why we're here on earth, to find joy and happiness? And yet, I have restrictions placed on my happiness. I have rationalized pleaded, discussed, planned, asked for blessings, gone too far too many doctors to count, just so that I would have the evidence that I could present to the Lord so he would heal me. And sometimes I wonder with all that evidence if he just smiles, shakes his head, when I go through my list of concerns. Oh, I get it. I understand that I came here to learn. It wasn't intended to be a short beach vacation or, in my case, an extended fishing trip. The purpose of mortal life is eternal life, and so I expect some bumps in the road, a steep climb or two, and some serious resistance from time to time. And I understand that I don't get to choose how steep my climbs are, when they happen, and the type of resistance. But even with some of that understanding that I don't get to choose, I still struggle at times to be grateful for the difficult moments. I think that for me, I struggle the most with planning and control. I am by nature someone who plans and works through the details before I begin something in my life. I do the same thing at work in construction. I'm a planner and scheduler. I guess in many ways I don't like surprises, and so I eliminate as many of those surprises I can from my life by planning for all the eventualities. But the Lord has his ways of teaching, and for me, this comes generally just a few steps at a time in the mists of darkness. My teaching, often has, from the Lord, has been more about trust and faith rather than the overt revelation and planning. And I struggle to allow the Lord to plan for me and then wait for his timing, not really ever knowing what that timing might be. Planning for me is more than just a sequence of events. Planning is life and timing. 
when and how long those activities should take. When you place trust in the Lord, the activities, timing, and sequencing are His. And in the end, faith and patience is the answer. And perhaps that's my difficulty. I'm not sure why I find it so difficult to allow an omniscient being to plan and schedule for me. But I can tell you that I have difficulty letting go and allowing the Lord to lead me through the dark mists. Now, I've gotten better as I get older, and I probably complain far less than I used to, but I still find myself saying similar things as did Laman and Lemuel when they were in the place called Bountiful. Now, after Nephi is commanded to build this boat, Laman and Lemuel realized that the journey to the Promised Land was not going to be bountiful, and there was more suffering and work to do. And now you'll see that this was their answer. You know, you'll find this answer in 1 Nephi 17, 20-22. And thou art like unto our father, led away by foolish imaginations of his heart. Yea, he hath led us out of the land of Jerusalem. We have wandered in the wilderness for these many years. And our women have toiled, being big with child, and they have borne children in the wilderness, and suffered all things, save it were death. And it would have been better had they died before they came out of Jerusalem, than to have suffered these afflictions. Behold, these many years we have suffered in the wilderness, which time we might have enjoyed our possessions and the land of our inheritance. Yea, and we might have been happy. And we know that the people who were in the land of Jerusalem were a righteous people, for they kept the statutes and judgments of the Lord and all his commandments, according to the law of Moses. Wherefore, we know that they are a righteous people. Our Father hath judged them, and he hath led us away because we would hearken to his words. Yea, and our brother is like unto him. And after this manner of language did my brethren murmur and complain against us. The statement that always stands out for me is in verse 21. We have suffered when we could have been happy. They saw no value in the experience of the eight years they spent crossing the desert. All they could see was that it kept them from what they thought would make them happy. They didn't see any of the blessings of the Lord, nor did they even mention one. This is what murmuring causes in our lives. It darkens the blessings and the workings of the Lord and turns us to complain that the grass would have been greener had we not had the trials. Now, I find it interesting that Nephi passed through the exact same experiences, and he said the following. Now, you're going to find this in the same chapter 17, but verses 2 through 5. And so great were the blessings of the Lord upon us that while we did live upon raw meat in the wilderness, our women did give plenty of suck for their children. And were strong, yea, like unto the men. And they began to bear their journeys without murmurings. And thus we see that the commandments of God must be fulfilled. And if so be that the children of men keep the commandments of God, he doth nourish them and strengthen them and provide means whereby they can accomplish the thing which he has commanded them. Wherefore, he did provide means for us while we did sojourn in the wilderness. And we did sojourn for the space of many years, yea, even eight years in the wilderness. And we did come to the land which we called Bountiful because of its much fruit and also wild honey. And all these things were prepared of the Lord that we might not perish. Now Nephi did not deny that he had passed through the trials and even admitted that they were difficult. But he could see the value in the experience. Not only could he see the value, but he could see the hand of the Lord where Laman and Lemuel could not. Nephi understood the principle that the Lord never asks us to pass through anything that would not be of value to us eternally. And nor does the Lord leave us alone when he asks us to pass through those things. Do I think that Nephi ever complained or murmured? We don't have any evidence of it, except that he did at times ask the Lord to soften his heart. Meaning that at times 
He saw things just as Laman and Lemuel did, but looked to the Lord to help his feelings and heart be more receptive to the message, or perhaps the trial. I suppose that he did, at times, have complained, but he was able to work through the problems and still see the hand of the Lord. Now, the word murmur in the church actually has such a negative connotation that I don't think most of us would shun the idea that we deal with it far too often. I think that it comes naturally naturally to all of us. And most, if not all of us, spend a great deal of time fighting the impulse to complain about our circumstances. I don't think that the Lord minds it when we discuss our trials and troubles with him. In point of fact, he has actually asked us to do so. What he does mind is the kind of murmuring that has no real value. Being honest with the Lord is incredibly important, but simply telling him how your life could have been far better and happier without all of the trials is like telling the contractor who is remodeling your house that you would have been better, far better off with the old one, even though you asked the contractor to remodel your house. You want all the advantages of remodeled house without the inconvenience or hassle of the actual remodeling. What you're really asking for is the Lord to give you eternal life and a celestial attitude without any of the work, suffering, hassle, or drama. But that's simply not the way of the Lord. And the gift is far more appreciated when it's earned rather than when it's given. So how do we go about it? How do we turn complaint into honest conversation and prayer with the Lord? How do we see the hand of the Lord in our suffering? I will admit that it takes far greater faith to say that I will be done and actually mean it. I don't think that when we do say it, that we intend to murmur at the first sight of a difficulty. I think we say what we mean when we say, thy will be done. The real question is, do we have the faith to endure without losing faith and hope? Do we have sufficient faith when the Lord doesn't heal us or when visions of the future, future don't improve? I suppose it's far easier to believe in a God when you get your prayers answered in, in an affirmative way. Then when nothing seems to change or worse yet, when things even get worse. Complaint has its, has its way of saying, I believe in the Lord when things are going well, and I feel the healing balm of Gilead, but I doubt the Lord when things don't go my way. Complaint is a dependent faith, dependent upon our expected outcomes, dependent upon good waves and sunny days, dependent on obvious answers to prayers and expected outcomes. It's a faith that wavers on what the Lord gives and how much and how it measures up to our expectations. Really, complaint is what can be referred to as a doubtful faith. Now, I know that sounds a little strange because doubt and faith are really true, truly opposing forces. Now, don't get me wrong. Faith has to start out somewhere. And at first, it's likely to be something similar to this doubtful faith. We're searching for that evidence of things not seen. The more evidence we obtain, theoretically, the stronger our faith and the more evidence we begin to see. Now, the Lord knows that young and tender faith needs direct nourishment and time for development. This doesn't mean that we won't be tested after all the testing of faith that allows us to grow, but the testing will be commensurate with our faith. The Lord wants to stretch and wants us to stretch and grow, and he needs us to extend us, extend so that we can develop the necessary faith to stand on our own. There does come a point in our development that our faith needs to be detested and developed in a very different way. At the appropriate point in time, the Lord asks us to have faith when the current evidence may not support our faith, like past evidence has. 
In other words, the Lord needs us to be able to develop the higher faith that comes with thy will be done, even if that phrase means that spiritual and mortal matters get far worse for a time before they get better. The Lord needs us to develop the faith Nephi expressed, seeing the blessings in great trials and suffering. Now, it's easy to develop faith when prayers are answered, healing has come, or when evidence is overwhelming. The faith that is required of celestial beings is one where faith doesn't change, when healing doesn't come, evidence is limited, and even when things get worse. Now, this is a difficult faith to obtain, and the one the Lord most desires that we develop. For this is a faith and hope that doesn't fail. The Lord does not and cannot develop this kind of faith in individuals who murmur or complain. The very act itself says that we're not ready for a more developed or mature kind of faith. And I know I make that sound as if evidentiary faith or faith based in evidence is more celestial in nature than celestial, and that isn't the case. Both types of faith are necessary for celestial life, and the Lord doesn't just develop our faith by positive reinforcement and then require us to gradually move towards the faith that doesn't fail. What we find is the Lord develops both types of faith simultaneously. While early faith is more likely to be rewarded rewarded quite openly and with solid evidence, that doesn't mean that the Lord will not cause the person to pass through the more difficult trials at a similar time frame. Even when our faith is fully developed and overwhelming evidence isn't needed, the Lord in his mercy is still going to provide that evidence. We might have to look a little harder, but it's still there. The reason that murmuring and complaint are considered so problematic is that they are symptoms and evidence of an underdeveloped faith. Now, before you get all concerned about what I just said, understand that perfect faith may not even come in this life. Mental illness creates such a darkness at times and a lack of spiritual memory that what faith you may have already developed might be covered over during an episode for a period of time. So for those suffering, murmuring and complaint may still be part of the process. I found that during the deepest part of my depressions and anxiety, I have said things in that darkness that I would never have said otherwise. Remember that mental illness does alter reality, and that includes our spiritual realities. Now, during the episodes, it's important to remember that we are not the same person as we would be without the illness, and that a weakened physical and spiritual memory are going to be part of our process. Now, this doesn't give one license to just let go entirely, but it does provide a perspective of the mercy of the Lord and his understanding of our illness. Now, one of the things I've had to learn about murmuring and complaint is that the same words with a different perspective can turn what would appear to be a complaint into an honest conversation with the Lord. If I state that I really hate what my illness does to my life with the intent that I could have been happier without it and that there's really no advantage or blessings to my suffering, then it's murmuring. If I say the exact same words, but with the understanding that the Lord has a purpose in my suffering, that I'm willing with his help to suffer as long as needed for my exaltation, then it becomes that higher faith. The words haven't changed, but my faith in the Lord is demonstrated to be maturing and developed. Now, do I ever complain about my illnesses still? Yeah, I probably do. But I'm working on developing that higher faith, even though I may not be able to say with certainty that I will be done every time I say it. Over time, my faith is maturing, and that is the purpose. I don't think that the Lord expects us to have perfect faith every time we are tested. 
but to do the best we can with the faith that we have, we do have, and work to develop a greater faith. He knows that the testing is going to cause us serious stress, but he also knows that stress can cause us to develop a more celestial type of faith. Now, there is one more important thing to note about testing, complaining, and murmuring. Complaint and murmuring will stop our progression. If we continue our murmuring, the Lord will eventually have to stop the testing, or at a minimum, not allow for the testing to develop any further until we mature further in our faith. Because really, greater testing would only cause spiritual deterioration. The Lord in his mercy has to, has to pause our development. Or better said, we have paused our development. What can someone do who finds himself or herself in this dilemma or habit of complaint? I can only answer to what I've known, what I experienced thus far in my life. When I kneel at night and morning for prayer, I often have to stop myself in my prayer and ask, what is in my heart today? Then I tell the Lord everything, including my troubles, sins, my lack of faith, whatever is truly there. Now, I realize that we should be respectful as we talk to the Lord and address him, but we also need to be honest. Now, when I mean honest, I mean we should tell him exactly how we feel, how we would like to feel, our troubles, our desires, and even the ones that aren't so celestial in nature. We should then ask for what help we need. We should also be specific as we can about the help. Understanding that the Lord's timing and omniscience are going to be his and not ours. We can then be assured that the Lord will provide what we need. Maybe not what we expect or want, but we need. Now, most of the time, I also have to ask the Lord to keep my eyes open for his help. As for me, it often comes in more unexpected ways. When I have honestly spoken with the Lord, I have found much deeper conversations greater understanding of myself and the Lord's purposes for my illness and my life, and greater peace. Now, we should not hesitate to communicate with the Lord in a very open and specific manner. Now, he knows us better than we know ourselves, and he understands our illness far better than, obviously, those who even study it. I admit that I am not yet perfect when it comes to complaint or two, and frustration still comes far more quickly than I would like, but I have found some measure of peace in coming to understand better the purposes and designs of my illness and the role it plays in my hopeful eventual exaltation. Well, that's all for this week. Remember, the Lord requires a fight and then he can do his part.